Welcome to No Challenges Remaining, episode 301H. I'm Ben Rothenberg, joined by Courtney Nguyen. Courtney, we had a women's final today. We have a new women's champion in the Grand Slam Pantheon. Well, someone who I think had like an office in a different wing of the Pantheon building. She had five doubles titles to her name, three mixed sure. to two women's, uh, and now adds the one in singles. Barbara Krejcikova, Barbara, I should know how to say her name by now, Barbara Krejcikova, is your winner. Courtney, this was a final, obviously, that was seen as a, was our last four rounds, last several rounds of the tournament, actually, it was seen as pretty wide open. Krachikova plays Pavlyuchenkova in the final. What did you make of, let's just start with the match. What did you make of this, uh, this match as a final? It was what I would anticipate would happen when two first-time unlikely finalists are facing each other on a clay court. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. insofar as, you know, it, it's going to be difficult to put the ball away. You're going to feel pressure to put the ball away. Your legs might not be moving the way that they need to move. And, you know, so I think that the first set kind of going very swiftly to Krachikova was surprising only because, you know, she was just dominating the rallies in a way that you kind of didn't expect, especially with obviously Nastia's power and, and the way that we know that she can play. But I think that the, the tightness didn't impact it wasn't like Pavlyuchenkova was like hitting the ball and missing like her numbers were relatively clean in the first set but if you looked at her forced errors she was just getting bossed around the court Barbara Krejcikova is queen of the forced error like so if, 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 if you have a, if you have a good statistician they will give the opponent so many forced errors because she's so good at mixing up pace and keeping things uncomfortable in a way that can be really deceptive. And we talked about this early in the tournament. Players like Sloan, I think it's the best example in this tournament, who's like a really rhythmic player, really likes, you know, you know, points that are a little bit metronomic, running back and forth, playing, you know, aesthetically pleasing tennis that's yeah, rhythmic, use that word again. And Krejcikova really disrupts that. And I think Pavlyuchenko is also mm-hmm. a relatively rhythmic player. I think that I would describe her in a similar yes. way. They're both baseliners. They're both rhythm-based players. And so it wasn't surprising to me either, honestly, when we had the, the first set breadstick. But then I was happy to see it get competitive. I mean, that was sort of yep. one of those like, oh, please don't let this be, you know, another Dementia Mesquina or another Vondrosha Babardi or whatever it may be. And then Pavlyuchenko turned it around and the, the sort of, you know, the shoe got on the other foot a bit. I was uh, I was pleased by yeah, and, and I loved the way that, that Pavlychenkova did turn it around. You know, I mean, yes, I think it was funny on the NBC broadcast about midway once Nastia was kind of running away with that second set. Um, I can't remember who said it, but somebody w- said, you know, it's as if these are two different players from the first set. Mm-hmm. And in my head, my immediate reaction was they are. Because in the second set, one of those players is a set away from becoming a major champion. Right, exactly. That is very different from the start of the match. You know, within a 30-minute span. I mean, the first set was 30 minutes. So it's like 28 minutes. I mean, it was really fast. Like, it was like 30, 30 minutes or so. So I loved the way that Nastia turned it around. Again, it was Krachikova getting a little bit tighter, a little bit passive. Her serve speed started to drop a little bit as it felt like the tension of the moment was starting to get to her a little bit. And Nastia, like, jumped right on it. And she was the one dictating. And their stats completely flipped in that second set. But on the whole, and then in the end, it got to 3-3 in the third. Um, But in the end, you know, Krachikova kind of 
closes it out. You know, there's there's injury issues with Pavlyuchenkova, which everyone kind of was aware of starting at the Sabalenka match, which is when she did take a medical mm-hmm. timeout after the second set. And you thought at that moment that Sabalenka was going to pull it through. And then Sabs just kind of um, imploded, honestly, and, yep. and got bageled in that final set. So, you know, and, and Nastia was able to manage the 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 injury over the next few rounds. But I think that on the whole, getting back to your initial question in terms of the match itself, it played out pretty much the way that I thought it would, which is I didn't go into this final thinking that Krachikova was going to play nervous. I didn't think that she would play play nervous at all. Yeah. I thought that, you know, in a lot of ways, she would swing completely freely. And yes, maybe as she gets closer to the, the finish line, there might be some nerves in the close. Um, but I didn't think she was just going to walk out there and flop basically, yep. which is, which is accurate. Um, and then with Pavs, again, I, I think the second set, just the way that she turned it around and just started blasting and stepping in and ripping and almost as if to say, look, the first set I lost six, one, what's the worst that could happen? I lose right. six nil in the second, like F it, let's go, you know? And that was cool to see. You want the final, especially with two players who are, have surprised people in terms of that's the two people who are there on championship Saturday, you want it to be a showcase on some level. Maybe it's not the perfect showcase that, 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 you know, or whatever, but at least I think that people saw critique of a tennis. I think people saw Pav's tennis. And in the end, I think people saw why Krachikova has been able to do what she has done for the last nine months. Yeah. I, I, I think so. I mean, Again, I think you sort of said it too. Like this is a match that, as someone who's, I think, you know, off an advocate for women's tennis and supporter, and not never as Venus would say, trying to be down on women's tennis. Like I was nervous about what could happen in this match. I was like, I don't know what we're getting here. Like I've sure. just not seen these players in, in singles. At Literally, least in their this first situation. time meeting too. Like, yeah, we don't so know there, how they're going to There were so, there were so many unknowns. Number thirty-two but, versus number thirty-three. But I think <laughs> I mean, especially, but, but I, thought the, I thought the third set was really solid. I thought it was a solid set yeah. of tennis. You know, did it did it sparkle at to- all the time? No, but it was not bad either. It was it was it was fine. It was nice. It was good. It was it was not amazing. It was good, and I'll I'll take it. You know, it's somewhere in the middle. I don't think it's going to go down as being a superlative Grand Slam final in any direction per se. But again, you know, we'll, I'll take it. You know, overall <laughs> because it could have been it could have been pretty dicey today. I'm not going to lie. And it's just it's one of those again also where it's a weird one not to be there for because I think you said this last year with Sviantek, like being around Shantek from so early and, and sort of latching onto her as a story as someone to pay attention to, you know, I felt feel similar about Krejcikova. Yeah. This, Kredge is, this, Kredge is your ego. Yeah. I mean, well, not quite all different, but it's like, cause I go to slam. It's the thing is I go to slam qualities all the time. And yeah. so I was looking right before we started, like I, there's, I don't think I would have I'd be curious to have somebody who's got the databases handy to run the numbers on this, but I can't imagine there's anybody who played more slam qualities and went on to win a slam like ever. I think we're looking that up. Krejcikova I think, played. I think that played, stat is in the process of being processed. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, yeah, but it has, probably a pretty short list. because There's not that many slam champs and they didn't play much qualities. So Krejcikova played 11 slam qualities before she ever qualified for a slam, which is the 2018 French Open. She lost first round and she lost some qualities four more times. And then she started making some main draws. This was only her her fourth fifth main draw of a fifth main draw of, of a slam she has never played main it's draw the singles third fa- it's the third fastest slam win and it's weird Schreiber for her did it in two andrescu did yeah. it in four it's weird then, with her because it, it's, yeah. it's fast and not fast you know because like right. it's 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 both it, it's again it's karatsevi i think we maybe compared them earlier in the in the week at some point 
Like, but but Krejci has is more of a known quantity. I mean, like I she was certainly with the doubles number one, and that gets you on the radar. And she had this story, and I honestly paid attention to her the first time at Slam Quads. I really clued in on her because Nana Novotna was there. It was in Melbourne, and Yana Novotna, you know, this like Hall of Fame Wimbledon champ, is there like living and dying with every point of this match on like what court? I'll probably tell you which court it was. It's probably like court nine, in, 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 like mm. on the outers of Melbourne Park. Yeah. Like it was not a it, just like seeing. I was like. What is the story? I was immediately intrigued by like, do they just, is she just in town? Does she know? How do they know each other? Or what are they related? Like, I didn't know what was bringing Yana sure. Novotna so close to this player who honestly at that point was not being talked about like a great hope or anything. It's, it's different than I think one win that, you know, we're sort of shifting away from match into like what this sort of means or whatever. The obvious sure. comparison for people is Ostapenko, but in terms mm-hmm. of being like a sort of out of the blue champion, but those are very different results to me. Ostapenko, first of all, was a, was a junior slam champ who won at a pretty young age. So there was, it was there. And also Ostapenko. And there was a myth of, there was a cult of Penko. Well, yes. And also, already, and even during the know. tournament, she built that cult. Like you could, it was so obvious what was happening with Penko, right? She was a player who was ultimate kind of ball basher, swinging for the fences, like redlining, and things were working. Things were landing in. It didn't look necessarily sustainable. It was funny. Actually on Facebook, there's a video that Reem and I did of like um, for Sport 360 of like a live it was like four years ago on this day and it was me and her talking about Ostapenko winning so I should rewatch that recently so I was like I remember my Ostapenko thoughts were very clearly now but we didn't know like how that would work out for her or sure. anything and and it kind of came out of nowhere but also was much louder within the tournament this was something where Krejcikova was not you know one of the most talked about players in for her last several matches even I mean she played you know, Svitolina probably got more attention than her in that at that time in the draw. Then Sloan definitely did. You know, because Sloan was the only player she played outside of her first round that was ranked below her, and that's Sloan. I mean, that's a rankings anomaly, yeah. an, an, an anomaly right? I yeah. mean, it's Sloan. She had, um, so, yeah, right. So she had this kind of like what's called an upper middle class draw. You know, like not necessarily the huge names all the time, but like really solid. You know, like players in that sort of range. It wasn't you like you got a beat. Right. It wasn't like you it know. wasn't like Ostapenko who beat, you know, Wozniacki and, and Halep and Stozer and yeah, and then won an epic semifinal against Bichin. I mean, Krejcikova yeah, got her epic semi. She got that, you know, card yeah, punch did. for sure. Um, but yeah, but she just sort of did it in this way that's under the radar. And again, her game is not loud. I think it's interesting watching her because she's a she's a tall woman. You know, seeing her play, I think she plays with a lot of a lot of guile and a lot of things that don't always yeah. appear. And that's why I said called her earlier in the show the Queen of the Forced Error. Because I think that she is somebody who almost like <laughs> people get really insulted whenever I compare other players to this person. But it's almost like peak Tomic, the way that she plays and like changes sure. pace and like is really kind of deceptive and just keeps you on your toes and is unpredictable and makes you look bad. When it's going well, like it makes you look bad and she has that going for her, which is an absolute skill that should not be discounted 100 percent, and 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 the and that's the thing about i think your your comparison or at least your contrast with ostapenko is dead on where you know i still remember that run that penko had and it just felt like you were riding a rodeo for two weeks and you just you were hanging on for dear life and it was fun as hell and exhilarating but is this fun like you know what i mean like it's you know it's so because you, the risk is right there, dead in right. front of you, of how this can crater so quickly because of the, the type of t- uh, tennis that Ostapenko plays. But it's so exhilarating, you know. Whereas with with Krichikova, it is death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. That's what she does, 
And not unlike, you know, a little bit of, of kind of how Ash plays or, yeah, you mentioned Tomic, um, you know, the chess players, a Red Vanska back yeah. in the day, but the chess players, it's not, especially in women's tennis, because women's tennis, people are attracted to it because of power, mm-hmm. generally speaking. It is not as readily apparent why those players are good and special. And I think it's different with, and you mentioned Ostapenko as already being a little bit mythologized, and Radvanska certainly was during her career in terms of being ninja, magician, and whatever, whatever nickname people chose. We just haven't seen enough of Krejcikova in singles for her to really build like a myth. Like, okay, yeah, she had a great Dubai, I think it was, tournament this year, right? Great Dubai. Like, I watched her in more in singles there than I had on TV ever, for sure. You know, except for seeing, you know, a couple games here or there on qualies, which I had seen before, but was also not thinking of her that way when she was in qualies. Yeah, but I think there's just something about her that, again, is, is deceptive and it's tough to and maybe probably it's one of those things that hopefully we can dig into more over time. Because I think so much of, of Krejcikova's narrative, this tournament has been about her narrative. You know, it has been about about Yana Navatna. It has been about the doubles to singles thing. It has been about those sorts of things. And she's a great storyteller. And I think she's a, has to be a very easy person for anybody to, you know, once you're going to get the spelling down, <laughs> pound out that story and, and get it. And, you know, have there's it, only have one it. way to get it right. You exactly. just got to keep writing it. <laughs> exactly. And to get it right. So, but I'm, I'm, it's one of those opposite things almost where like now I would almost like for the conversation for her going forward and we to be talk, about tennis. We can talk, to be, well, at least, yeah, to be like, so how did she do it? Let's actually yeah. go X's and O's. Let's actually, you know, talk to the coach, to the opponents more about what makes her the best, made her the best player at this tournament, made her the one who won seven matches uniquely among yep. these 128 players. No, I was thinking that while, because I wanted to ask Pavlyuchenkova that question yeah, of like what makes her so good, because I feel like throughout this tournament, that question wasn't really being asked of her vanquished opponents. I think I might've asked Zachary a little bit and she talked about it, but bless her heart, her head was not where it needed yeah. to be, Maria Sacchari, <laughs> to be discussing in earnest the, her opponent. She was yeah. she was very down in the dumps after that loss, understandably. Um, but, but, I'd be, uh, but I'd be curious to talk to like a Svitolina or something on grass, yep. you know, like to see like, okay, this player you lost in third round, like that aged well. You know, <laughs> like yeah. so yeah. so so how do you how do you think about it? And and because, same with Sloan well, but, even too. And on that point, I, I was thinking, like, after the Pavlyuchenkova press conference, one of the first things that I would like to do, and I don't know if I can do it on TC Plus or not, is I want to go back and watch her seven matches, like, in succession, just in a block, and just watch it. Because one of the things that I did for, in ahead of the ahead of her semifinal against Sakari, was, again, she hasn't played that many matches on the singles yeah. tour. So she has no head-to-heads. No. Against anyone. So normally we go into a semifinal and what we do, uh, you know, we I'm saying within my job is like, okay, they've played eight times. Let's go back and pull their five most recent highlights and create a highlight reel and be like, here's what to expect. Anyway, so so uh, Krachikova and Zachary played each other in Dubai. That was their only previous meeting and I uh, on tour. And I pulled it up and I was watching it. And it was interesting because listening to the commentators react to Krachikova, they were so impressed. Yeah. Like they were so impressed with like how she was changing direction, her hands, her feel, how could she, how she could inject pace as much as like everybody kind of like Zachary, I think said there's sometimes her ball has no pace, which I understand what Maria is getting at 
like whom I'm not saying she's wrong. I understand what she's getting at, but, and maybe it's different on clay, but there is this way that she builds the point and then injects just a little bit more pace into her cross court backhand or a forehand at the perfect angle to, to make it look really impressive. But actually the work was done starting three shots before, Yeah, you know, to, to, to make it be like, wow, how, how is it that Barbara Krachikova seems to have like way larger of a court that she's working with? Like the opponent's never near the ball and I don't yeah. understand. Right. You know? So, um, yeah, that that was definitely something, and and I agree with you. I I would love to. The narrative is great. It's an incredible Cinderella story. I think that it reminds me a lot of like why we love March Madness. Yeah, why yeah. we love the Olympics. Why we love. I think March Madness was I the think was the, March the Madness, analogy. But I kept also, thinking. just like the third thing I'd say in your rule of three list there, which you didn't get to. Thank you. Of, of March, I would <laughs> love have, a rule I would, of three. I would I would have gone big and said why we love sports, right? Well, of course, because like yes. it's it's. I was saying this about you know the men's tournament, obviously, and obviously it changes significantly this narrative of the men's tournament with Djokovic beating it all, which was a surprise. But there is this every any given Sunday quality of you know, the cliche in America. You know, on any given Sunday, any football team could be the other team, like that I think men's tennis has lacked lately. And this is an amazing example of it in women's tennis too. And like, because again, like I would encourage people to go back and listen to the critique of an episode of NCR from last fall uh, during the French open, because it was the day, it was the day she made the top hundred. And that was already such a huge milestone for her. That was a goal. And I honestly, I remember thinking, you know, in the last, I don't know, after that, that, seeing her make top 100 and then when she you know made her dubai final i was like oh good for you you're gonna get your career high ranking like into the top 60 that's nice and like i didn't think i i I assumed there was some sort of ceiling somewhere much lower than she's already gotten this week and it's an interesting question again what it sort of means for the field or for the sport or what it means to be a grand slam champion or whatever like what this result how it's processed by people like you know who, who have a much longer cv in the sport and haven't gotten there yet. You know, your Svitolinas, your Pliskovas, your, you know, it has to be tough on some level to see like, like her, you know, like, and, and with no knocks to actually, you know, her, and then I'm guessing she seems like a very popular player, but like, it's just, it just shows like, it's not a science. It's It's not not a science. It's not a science. Who's going to emerge. It's all, there's so much timing and good and bad fortune that goes into it. And this in this tournament, you know, we rolled it, rolled all the dice and, and create Chica, which is, again, not to say it's all luck, but like you, in this outcome, it came out. Everything was coming up. <laughs> Everything was. And there's your episode title. But I do think I mean, two, two, two thoughts coming off of that. First of all. Yeah. I mean, I, I posted the tweet about it. This is this is the romance of sports. Yeah. This is why. You know, as a kid, you stand on the blacktop and you talk to yourself as you're shooting threes, as you're shooting free throws, five seconds left. Like, you know, everybody wants their playground moment, that one moment you had in your head all the time. And it's why we we started playing sports. It's why we watch sports, because Mm -hmm. on any given day, and it's one of the things I really personally love about tennis, that I feel like the sport delivers to me that no other sport that I've ever really watched delivers is that on any given day, especially as as somebody who's a tennis beat writer on any given day, somebody is having the best day of their life. Yeah. Almost always. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. 
You know, at a slam like they, they just 100%. at a slam, especially they're they're pulling off a result they've never done before. They're beating a player at a ranking they've never uh, 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 beaten before. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what I love about sports. And and yes, I under I mean extremes because every time you say this, people bring up extremes, and that's just a dumbass rhetorical advice and I, device, and I hate it. Like you know, like what kind of extremes? Do I love. Well, just like, um, well, then what if like, well, there's absolutely no stability and anybody can win and that, well, no, I mean, there is some stability. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, well, then what's the point? You know, it's like, no, but like everybody, if you dial it down and yes, we can talk about, we can be pundits and we can talk about, you know, does this story have legs? Right. Like, you know, and we'll we'll wait and find out because we don't know. No, clue. we don't know if it does, um, because that's up to Barbara. That's up to her results and what she does. But she's only 25. You yeah. know, we 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 act like she's like 28 years old and she's only got five more years on her career. She's got, you know, another 20, 30 slams in her in singles if she can hold a ranking, you know. Um, I mean, Barbara Krejcikova is younger than Dominic Team was when he won his first major. Hey, oh, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, not that for it's sure. gone great for him afterwards, but you know what I mean. No, and and everybody's been perfectly kind to him with respect to his slump. If she slumps, if who, I mean, he's like, well, he's having a tough time. Okay, that's fine. Just you know, let's apply that grace to everyone. You know, he also won like the broken slam, but whatever. You know, but anyways, but so that that's one thing about kind of the romance of sports, and this is why we watch. This is what we love about it, and just it was very moving to see because what I kept thinking as I was watching as the match was unfolding and, and I thought about Krachikova winning it was there is not even two weeks ago, let alone nine months ago, there was not a shred of evidence that Barbora Krachikova, she herself could hold on to and say, I believe, I think I can do it. You know, there was no empirical evidence. She wasn't a junior number one. She wasn't, you know, all these sorts of things. There was literally no basis to believe. And the, and the, and the way that, no, I completely agree with this. This is where it gets to like the wilder part of it. that I think it's underplayed in terms of the, because people talk about like, oh, you know, doing in doubles and then doing it in singles. Like people don't make that crossover. No, <laughs> no. it does. That does not happen. I, I, I talked about it briefly on the show with Pam. That she was on a, a few rounds ago, and I like think single I sort players of, who are casual doubles players and win right, like, doubles, and, and, and she brought up people. And, she brought up people who were like, like Azarenka, like I think won a double slam earlier in her career, and like um, trying to think of who else she said. Well, Panetta was one who like had better doubles results than singles, but they were, those were always like top thirty ish, you know, singles players the whole time too. Um, you know, Vinci, you could probably put in there as someone who was better and had a, you know later glow up in in singles, and I'm sure there's more names you want to throw out there, but. Kirilenko, I could keep going, but it's but it's different. Keep going. Uh, Kleist, Just for fun. Kleisters. Um, I said Leighton Hewitt on the show. Um, who else would fit this? I'm gonna stop now. Ash. Ash. Yes, she said Ash. Ash is a good one. Ash is exactly right. Um, and Ash is, was at least you know it was having results in doubles when she was outside top hundred in singles too. Yep. So that's maybe a, cl- a little bit closer, but. Yeah, like it just doesn't it doesn't happen that way. Honestly, like people who are in doubles are in doubles because their singles isn't working. Yep. Ninety nine percent of the time, unless you happen to have a twin and you're well, doing and, the whole thing, you know. And like, that's what happened with Krachikova, which I find yeah. again, I, I just find so many layers of her story really, really just yeah, just moving. I'm sorry I keep using that word, but I just really moved by her story because here's a player who never wanted to be a double specialist, was a double specialist because that's just how the rankings happen. And then you're getting that's how she could make main, a career when it wasn't happening in singles. 
and you're getting direct entry into WTA 1000s, WTA 500s and slams, but your singles ranking doesn't get you into those events in singles, not even in qualifying. So she's off running off playing ITFs to try and boost her singles and then jumping back into doubles. It's a whole thing. So, you know, like I said, she's 25, but her route, and this is just her fifth slam main draw, but her route has been circuitous. Um, the, um, The other point that I'll make too is that I was really heartened to see the locker room reaction today because I didn't know what it would be because, you know, do the players resent it? Do they think that it's random? Did they even pay attention? Because, you know, like players are human, just like everybody else. And, you know, so I was really heartened to see just an outpouring of appreciation for what Krachikova had done from all walks, you know, um, which is great. Um, And the thing that I keep thinking about is, sorry for the tangent, just stick with me. It'll land. It'll land. But I really liked The Last Jedi. And the reason why... And it, it, for those who don't know, The Last Jedi is the second one of the last trilogy that was directed by Ryan Johnson. And the reason why is because the whole upshot of that film and why I was a sobbing mess at the end is there's this, the final scene of like the kid out in the stables who looks up and sees like the the kind of... Um, Uh, the signal like the rebellion one or whatever and he sits and he holds up his um broom Mm. to the sky kind of like a like a lightsaber kind of in in a in a sign of like resistance and revolution the point of the last jedi is that it completely eviscerated this idea that there is a chosen group of people who can have the force that is bloodline all that nonsense from phantom menace about like things in your blood or whatever Precisely. F, F out of here with that. I don't even watch the Star Warses. F out of here with that. The Wars of the Stars. Absolutely. And not. and Ryan Johnson eviscerated that. He said, yeah. baloney. Everyone can have anyone could have the force. Anyone can be part of the resistance. I think that again, this ties into like ideas of like in Moneyball, of like of of like a baseball player looks a certain way. This is a he, money, he walks this is a, like this he is has a Moneyball Slam champ. This is oh, a Moneyball yeah. Slam champ. Oh yeah, he walks a certain way, so he he's got confidence, and he that means he's going to be a good ball player. Oh, he looks like a ball player. He he's got no, you know, he does. He's got an ugly girlfriend, so that means he doesn't have any confidence, and he's going to suck. Don't draft him. Like dumbass ideas that we come up in this sport that, to mythologize um, decisions of what a prime athlete looks like, acts like, plays like, all these sorts of things. And then we, as pundits or whoever, fans, anoint these people as worthy. And Krachikova is the one who eviscerates that. And I think in a lot of ways, the reaction in the locker room has to be, yes, I don't hit the ball like Naomi. I don't have that big serve. I don't have a chisel like Ash. I don't have that innate tennis skill that, you know, you have as a the, as a 14-year-old who wins Wimbledon. You know, I don't have this weird preternatural Bianca talent or, uh, you know, uh, Sviantek, you know? Yeah. I rub shoulders with her on the doubles court all the time. Like, you know, like she's I no played, fitter I, than I, me. I played all these 25Ks with her. Exactly. Well, yeah. one of the funny things that Reem pointed out is that the girls champ, the 16 year old girls champ who's Czech, uh, as Murray chimes in, and um, and Krachikova played each other in the ITFs yeah. last year. Yeah. <laughs> so again, when we talk about the glo- the Krachikova glow up, that's where things were at within the Seriously. last 12 months. Seriously. You know? um, 
so but yeah like you know this is this is the people's champion it's a ve- it's the ultimate why not me champion yes you know and that like, should be what every single one of them that's cool sees i mean she is she is like already dubbed her queen of, of the forced error but also an accessible queen like she's out there having just played her 25ks wearing head clothing which is a racket sponsor and the racket sponsor she's a q u e e n queen and not like queen with a k like she's just she's a queen <laughs> the normal spelling like just the normal dictionary queen. version queen <laughs> the old that old you know oxford the oed queen <laughs> yeah exactly not even oed it's a bit much but yeah i mean dictionary.com anyway. <laughs> <laughs> dictionary.com dictionary. yes if you just like load like t- header of google google results queen very very yes in that way but you know but still like and and again that it can be that way i think hopefully in a money ball kind of way can demystify a little bit what it takes to win this sort of thing right like she yeah she did do certain things that are sort of on trend like she talked to a sports psychologist repeatedly during the tournament that's very much one of those new fangled sorts of things but all, and she does have a coach, you know. But she, but also like she doesn't, uh, yeah, she doesn't fit a lot of the sort of. She's not IMG, obviously. She's not like she's not from one of the real tennis factories, except for the Czech Republic being a tennis, you know, superpower as per. Um, she wasn't yeah. groomed aside from being no. coached by a former champion yeah, who, who herself, saw her Nirvana talent. was herself outside the system. Nirvana right. was like indie. It was very much going to. Uh, which there's some movie about, you know. Like Kill Bill, you know, like she goes to get trained by the guy, and you know. So. Oh, uh, I love Novotna as as as, as Pei Mei. Yeah. <laughs> Yana t- Yana harsh. taught Less Barb's harsh. taught Barb's you know the the five point exploding heart trick. Speaking of, and she used it to effect. Speaking of, uh, just a way a little bit towards a close or whatever of this talk show, the trophy ceremony was was emceed by a couple people at multiple hosts and musical interludes and all sorts of stuff had as it we call it view. as we call it in the biz big saint petersburg energy in the show ceremony <laughs> <laughs> which i think is a huge compliment honestly go Par- for it paris is yeah. why not be extra Mar- Mar- marion bartoli also was the other player coached by yana Novotna during Novotna's uh, retirement and they were actually chatting about it once since they were leaving court like oh yeah, yeah i know you used to work with yana and stuff too i know you were here in that conversation after she beat sloan so after barbara beat sloan so, uh, yeah, this, this trophy ceremony was like nothing I'd ever seen before. It was like there were like three interviewers happening. They were like, Martina, you've got a question. <laughs> Martina, the trophy ceremony, they gave her a mic. She popped in. There was Eurovision acts playing. It was it was it was a lot. And it was also like very casual in this way. And it was like accessible in this way that it felt like on brand for Krejcikova and Pavlyuchenkova as a final. In a way that I'd, hopefully doesn't make it seem like remotely bargain bin. But it was just sort of like it was it was unpretentious in this way that I thought was really different and interesting and really long. It was too long, but it was interesting. And NBC stuck with the whole thing. I was like, I was surprised, except for the Eurovision part, which I left out. So we'll make it our outro. But hey, yeah, it was different. No, I I loved it. I really did. And and I I, I agree wholeheartedly with everything that you said in terms of it really the 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 vibe of that um ceremony and the french open ceremony to be fair is always long because it has the the anthem double as well in there a um, and also they interview the, they interview the player and then they santoro. do the yeah but that but santoro the santoro interview well yeah i don't know it is weird but yeah but i thought it was great and i think i think that it was really lovely because it just gave barbara her moment it you know right we're still playing a slam in a pandemic there was a great crowd 
out there, not a capacity crowd, mm -hmm. you know, um, still. So it there was a definitely a different vibe to this one compared to last fall when Ego won. That felt like very clinical, kind of like, let's get them on, get them off. Yeah. You know, this there was there was a warmth to this this ceremony. And I don't know about about I think that the adding the giving Martina the mic was maybe a step too far. <laughs> um, not because of anything, just because it just wasn't necessary. There's a little really. Paul Schaefer in the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, well, and, and Marion was killing it. I mean, yeah. she was, she'd been killing it the whole Marianne fortnight. Been the whole aside tournament. from her, aside from the first one she did, which was Ega that I saw and she tried to get the crowd to sing happy birthday, but there was no crowd. So it was just very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> like Kaya Yuvon was standing there and Ega was just looked, seemed kind of mortified by it all. And you're but in Yemen. From, yeah. And you're in Yemen, so it, but it came from a good place, as as yeah. as it does with Marion. And, and the other um, thing with Marion is I, great is that as someone who speaks enough French to know what's going on, like she really embellishes these answers. She takes an answer in English and gives you <laughs> a she? lot more. She editorializes. She adds flourishes. She adds a little detail. There's more heart in the French version. I regularly, love that. <laughs> regularly, I love that it is a Marion Bartola enhanced translation service. <laughs> Honestly, give me that transcript. Like yeah, I, yeah. I'd be, I'd be. But you know, but I think that Marion has done, like most improved, Agreed. goes to Marion at this yeah. tournament, and that's saying a lot because Chris Kachikova. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> I just think I just think that she's been fantastic. I think that she brought, she met every single. There were a lot of emotional moments, you know, in this in this event, uh, and I feel like she she stepped up and really did her research, was prepared. Even today was like. I was amused because, especially as a writer, it was, I kind of was like, you know what, Marianne, I appreciate what you're trying to do here. But she was very careful about her language and caveating when she would cite stats. Like, you're the first Czech woman, or like Martina Navratilo, like, she was like, kind of saying little things, like, kind of like, you know, uh, back when it was Czechoslovakia, or yeah. like, things like that. So she she was kind of wasn't being sloppy. And she's trying to be very precise with what she was saying. And, and I respected that. Possible I, she had I helped with If she had a prep work uh, assistant to on that very possibly, which she should be a person should not be thrown out there on their own all the time. Kudos to whoever was helping her with that as well. Because yeah, it was a good end product. And again, especially for this you know, here's a trophy, let's get to know you kind of moment of, of, of Krejcikova winning. Like, yeah, it's good to have, um, give her more time and space. You know, it was not the longest match. And that and, was and what it was. It was, it felt like that, is yeah. that it felt like it, like, I think that people, if you watch the trophy ceremony, I do think that you walk away with a better feeling of who uh, Krejcikova is than just kind of like thanking her box and, you know, do go, going through kind of the checklist and stuff. So in that way, I think it was really successful, and I liked it. I know it went long, but I liked it. Whatever checklist for the Czech champ, all all fine. One slight down note, brief mention, shout out as well to the so Barbara Krejcikova was one guest on NCR at the French Open 2020. The other guest was Sasha Bubbles. Both of them played today in finals at Grand Slams. Big for the brand. Again, if you want your faves to come on NCR. Please beg, and we may deign to interview them. You know, we'll Pavs. see. I mean, yeah, pa Pavs obviously made the final two. Soccery semis, like the bump is real. I I, I told Cher that when I was t trying to get her on the show yesterday. I was like, Cher, look what a different Pavlyuchenkova. Come on, <laughs> and she didn't bite. So you know, no more number ones for you in this decade, Cher. Tough, unfortunately, tough lot, Cher. Tough, tough lot. Tough Kylie, Kylie would have said yes. Yeah, there you go. So. <laughs> 
but but shout out to Bubbles for making the the ceremony, having like such a fun time, clearly being this whole like goofy, like what am I doing here? This is goofy kind of thing, while also being the best player on the court the whole time. And and I didn't see any of their earlier rounds, but really dragging Golubev along today. And they served for it. He had chances, and Golubev missed a couple bad volleys in that game where he served for it, and then he double faulted. And it was kind it's of so over. It, was, it mean, was a nice moment for France, and they were all happy, or whatever. But Bubbles could have had it, man. Bubbles could have had it, but, you know, like I put on Twitter, live by the moxie, die by the moxie. Oh, yeah. Like he went way too big, double faulting, like when they were serving out, serving out for it. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's it's so interesting. And I cannot wait for somebody to write the like the Sasha Bubbles, Nick Kyrgios companion piece sort of thing, because kind of it's very similar energy. Um, coming from the same place, it feels like similar, mm-hmm. but how they apply it being very different like like Sasha Bubbles kind of is there's a joyousness about his kind yeah. of fickleness and his in match tanking and his like I don't give a crap it feels like, more whimsical you know, it's very whimsical and it's very charming and Nick it's charming as well but it comes from a darker place yeah definitely but I but where but what they're channeling is the same thing generally yeah agreed of kind of like using using something to buffer the pressure you know, and for Agreed. Sasha Bubbles, it, which which I I base I I definitely um, sorry Murray's just going nuts, and I don't know why exactly, but that I appreciate. That's not even the word that I'm looking for, <laughs> but um, it's fine. We can let relate you go. to <laughs> relate to okay. That what I relate I the energy that I relate to from Sasha Bubbles of kind of like once it gets too stressful, you just kind of crack a joke. That's that's me. With, like, hey, so what like am I that, like? Like, I'm asking like, like could win a grand slam today. Like, what am I doing here? This is goofy. <laughs> doop, doop, exactly. doop, doop, doop. <laughs> and then go out there and absolutely crush it. Right, almost. And, and like, yeah, and deserve, and be, he was the best player in the parts of the match. He I was saw, so entertaining. Sure. I wanted him so badly to win that one point towards the end in the game where they got broken, where he fell down, but then mm-hmm. got back up and like continued the point. Did you see the yeah. thing where they kept, there was like a point? It was like one of the first points of the uh, third, third set. set. And yeah, he, there were and those Gold, two Gold points. Was, were crazy. Gold was hitting. Goldbeck was hitting overheads of the net, and and. <laughs> Bublik like dropped to his hands and knees on the back of the baseline while the point was still going. And McEnroe midpoint's like, look at Bublik, look at Bublik. <laughs> like, just like calling out mid rally. It was fantastic. Anyway, big, That's big... mission accomplished. Look at Bublik, look at Bublik indeed. That is the NCR mantra. Absolutely. He is our mascot. He is our he spirit is, animal. He is absolutely all those things. So thank you very much. Uh, our spirit animals, also all of you for supporting the show in, in various animalia of yourselves. And we thank you as always for doing that. Thank our slam champ backers every every episode. Uh, Susanna W., Sean Mulroy, Mary Carillo, Leah Williams, Liz Kennel, Jonathan Weinbaum, Jean Simeon, James Hindle, Audrey Welland, Antonio Maycumber, Anna Valinder, Timothy Liu, and Ashley Keel. And our goat backers, Mike, Nicole Copeland, Pam Shriver, and J.O.D. Already had another episode out earlier today, if you haven't seen it, uh, with Sasha Osmo talking about Serbian perspectives of stuff after Djokovic, which is glad to be able to do. Because um, I think there's still disconnect in the, between the world and, and Novak Djokovic in a way that I find fascinating. And Djokovic obviously has big chances to do big things in the final against Tsitsipas tomorrow. Are you looking forward to that? Are you going to wake up early for that one, Courtney? I mean, I'll be watching the doubles final, the women's right, doubles right, final. Yeah. But I'm also on Nottingham uh, final, uh, Kanta Zhang Shui. So I yeah. will be up. Okay. Um, and there's also some all access in um, Berlin and stuff. So yes, I will be working. Um, quick, just a two seconds uh, thought 
takeaway on Novak. I didn't watch the match. I was okay. taking, a, it seemed like a dumb match to go take my dog for groom, but it's Friday. That's my day off uh, at Slams. I feel like this is this match was the turning point for Novak and the wider public. I think that like this match might have completely kind of flipped, I think, everybody's narrative on Novak. I think that like a lot of kind of the unnecessary hate and and criticism that he gets, I feel like that match might have silenced going forward of kind of just by sheer force of Novak's will, which we know is yeah. superhuman and like nothing that I've personally ever seen um, mm -hmm. in the sport or in a lot of sports, but just by sheer force of will, I think he broke like the narrative. He broke the sport. He like, you have to respect, like is yeah. this, this was the Thanos moment. You can't, you can't just, deny like, it. You cannot you can't deny it. it. No. I'm inevitable. Like, you yeah. know, and, and I don't mean, I mean, fine, you can use Iron Man. I don't care. Like one of the two, it could be a good guy, bad guy. But the point is the inevitability, the unbreakability, you know? And, and I think that the reality is setting in very quickly. Mm -hmm. Even for me, like just being on the outside, just v barely perusing and just kind of, you know, getting, I sense the winds changing and, and that's great for Novak. He will have absolutely earned it. <laughs> I said this, I said this, I was saying it actually on the podcast with Curios. That I thought there was going to be a point late in his career where Novak would become, I think, especially because the other two would recede because they're old. I mean, though, Nadal's less than a year older than Djokovic, but because they've started earlier, they would recede and Djokovic would kind of get this late, you know, kind of appreciation. Not totally dissimilar from what Serena's gotten in her career, honestly, where Serena has become much more appreciated during this last third of her career. I can see that. Say. Yep. So. Yeah. I think and, and Novak and also part of that is just seeing the records keep falling at their feet for both of those players. And you can't you can't deny the skills for either one of them. One thing Sasha Osmond said, and I'll wrap this up. One thing Sasha Osmond said on the show, it's a teaser. He said he thinks that was absolutely the biggest and best win of Novak's career against Nadal if he beats Sitsipas. Like otherwise, like yeah, what was fair the point. point. <laughs> what was the point? <laughs> I was like, that is okay. That, that is fair that is, point. I appreciated that. It didn't come up quite as like blunt as I just put it, but it was like, yeah, that 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 makes that adds up. Like because you're playing for the record. So, what is the point of of you know? Of but the record the is going line? to fall. It's kind of that thing of like how like on on know, the man. WTA like you're nothing unless you've beaten Serena in like a major final or something like that. You know, like like beating. But we thought, Rafa. But you, mentioned, you mentioned Serena. Like we thought, the Margaret Court record was going to fall for sure. I mean, she's gotten in four finals. You can never take anything for granted with a slam. slam as Barbara Krejcikova shows fair. everyone, slams take a lot of things going your way. Slams are hard. Don't take them for granted. And I, even if Novak gets to nineteen with this title, like twenty will still be another whole yeah, ass Grand Slam he has to win. I absolutely am chastised. You're one hundred percent correct. And the last thing that I will say is I really appreciated Steve Tigner's write up of the of the semifinal the Novak mm -hmm. Rafa semifinal because he said exactly what I think feel like I've, I I feel like I say this all the time like winning slams is so hard and we're in this age where we have like these three four or five players who have done it so often well yeah. four sorry Andy so we think that it's easy but so his his thing was like it wasn't that Rafa losing showed that he's human 
it's that he's always been human and it's incredible what he's done. Oh, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and that's the way that it needs to be seen. And that's why every single time these things happen, it is a big deal. And it's that, a massive and, deal. And it, and it really does take something. And it's again, hard. The, to the whole Any Given Sunday point, it does take something of any kind of surprise to wake you out of, of the stupor that comes from taking it for granted that Rafa will win, you know, the French Open every time. Because it has been a complete given for so long. It has not been suspenseful remotely. And so it, I think it's I think it's a really cool wake up call moment for the big three, even even just within their subplot of being the main arc characters. And then we'll see if one of these, you know, tailies, Sitsipas can can come in and uh, people still make lost references in this day and age. I don't think so. But like if uh, if someone new can come in, is there in a hatch? And um, yeah, exactly, <laughs> <Bublik> is the hatch. Bublik <laughs> is the hatch. Well, you know, the thing is, is that Novak said we are the next gen. Maybe Novak's the next gen. The royal way, yeah. <laughs> anyway, with that, we'll see you guys after the men's final. Have a lovely evening. Bonne nuit. Voila. 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 So mad that NBC didn't show that. I'm when really they now annoyed own that the, I missed they, it. They own the rights. They I was own like, the rights. People were like, is that you? I saw a couple of tweets being like, oh, Eurovision. I was like, did they show her in the crowd? It was a whole yeah. ass performance. We were denied. I thought that it was in the crowd. I didn't know that she actually performed it. Was there a camera shake? I haven't seen it yet. Don't spoil it ne for me. Pas. Okay. Okay. Je vous en supplie, pas comment. Aimez-moi comme on aime un ami qui s'en va pour toujours. Je veux qu'on m'aime parce que moi je sais pas bien aimer mes contours. Fini